0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. The sun is shining. Uh, Inside, I'm still dark and gloomy. It's a real juxtaposition. Maybe need to drink. I don't know. If you do, don't drive. That's dumb. Be smart. Um, But if you find yourself needing a legal represent... uh, What am I saying? Uh, If you find yourself needing legal representation... There's only one man for the job. That's Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos is the premier East Tennessee DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyer 865-540-8300, GarzaLaw.com. We have finally tracked down Seth. I'm recording this before the episode, though, so I can't tell you if it's good or not, or if it's sad, or if there's any funny moments. Let's just get to the show.
1: I mean, this is the last stand, (laughs) The controversial. He's the dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. I did 38 on points Point when we were whipping that ass.
0: Ranch gang, stand up the holy war is upon us welcome to reed's ranch the podcast with seth hughes like just
1: quit acting like this is any fun at all
0: another edition of reed's ranch march 30th i'm sitting in my laundry room staring at a beautiful sky yet i what the hell what are we doing updates cool be quiet I'm trying to do a podcast here. Nah, my blood pressure's already going up. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth, uh, I've been worried about you. A lot of the patrons on the Discord has been worried about you. Uh, How are you? I'm
1: alive. I mean, I'm here. I'm here. It's gonna take a long time to get over that one. I've tried my best not to think about it. Like... And then, like, at 10 a.m. this morning, friend of the podcast and patron, Mike Palmer, texted me, and he's like, man, I'm still so sad. And then it dawned on me that in a just world, in a good world, at that very moment, I would have been north of Nashville on I-65, halfway to Louisville. And then I got really, really sad this morning
0: were you able to sell your tickets
1: yes i sold them for exactly what we bought them for so all we had to pay all we had to pay for was the overnight shipping to get to louisville
0: so the universe smiled on you a little bit
1: yeah i mean there was at least that i mean it's you know
0: a real silver lining there i went back and i rewatched the uh, the end of regulation yesterday
1: you're a strong man
0: I went back, I started about the twelve minute mark and I watched up until the end of regulation. I couldn't bring myself to watch overtime. I knew what had happened, you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't need to go and relive overtime.
1: No, I, I have no desire to ever see anything from that game. What is
0: there to say, like
1: I mean, what does her say? Like, we were on the cusp. We were on the precipice of not just completing an 18-point comeback to win, but blowing them out of the building. But this jackass who could barely run, he could barely move, that averages 12 points a game, decides... He's gonna start hitting step back threes off the bounce, falling away. He plays literally the best game of his life. That was gonna be Ryan Klein's last basketball game ever. He's not going pro in anything. We were about to run them out. Like I thought, it, I thought it was crazy at halftime when Barnes was like. You know, it's really not that that Edwards isn't the issue. The issue is everybody else. But he was one hundred percent correct. Edwards wasn't the issue. It was Klein. And how do you stop Klein when he's hitting threes like that? Like it didn't matter where he was shooting them from.
0: How much do you blame Levi? Not at all. He he's probably he deleted his Twitter, didn't he? Yeah, he tapped out.
1: Can you blame him?
0: No, no, I don't blame him. I would have deleted my Twitter probably if uh, if we had lost to Florida in 2016. <laughs> That's the only time I felt like I would have had to delete my Twitter. Yeah. I mean, Levi talked shit to this Klein guy, and then Klein has the game of his life.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really backfired on him. It.
0: <laughs> I kept getting I kept getting Twitter. I I kept getting tweets from people who were mad at me through association. And I was like, stop being a weirdo. Like we, we just lost a crushing game. Like, why are you thinking about this right now? Why are you blaming Levi? But it just kept happening, and then he tapped out, and I think that means that he blamed himself a little bit at least. It would have been funny if Klein would have said that after the game.
1: Oh, that would have been all time. That would have been an all time. Awesome, I'm laughing thinking about it.
0: If I would have said that he had had the worst week of his life online because of bullies.
1: Like, Levi would have had to go into witness protection.
0: And that he wanted to dedicate this game to his haters.
1: Like, we can talk about, like... Every... I mean, what is there even to say? Like... What is there even to say?
0: I mean, I don't know if you saw my tweet. There was a bus called Klein's Tours broken down right outside of campus, right there uh, on the interstate. When you get back on uh, onto forty, I thought that was kind of funny. I hope
1: you went and slit the tires.
0: <laughs> they had already had a rough of enough day, so they, they, they were getting their their comeuppance. I mean, Admiral hitting that thirty-two footer to cap off that run was probably the best moment of the season, right? Yeah, like.
1: When he hit it, Luke just texted me, "OMG!" and I was like, "Holy shit, we're gonna win! Like, we're winning this game."
0: The place we were watching it at erupted. Like, I mean, that was.
1: I started screaming like a madman. I spilt my Lacroix everywhere, all over the place, and didn't notice until like into overtime. I think if Bowden had hit that three when we were up one, I think that would have done it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the good thing is Lacroix probably have some leech in it, so it probably helped clean your floor, actually, if you dropped it on there. Well,
1: you know how I am about being sticky, and it didn't make my my coffee table sticky, which was all I cared about really.
0: I think that's I think that's what hurts the most is that we believed so much in this team that we thought it checked all these dumbass March Madness boxes. You had a go-to score, you had veteran guard play and our veteran guards let us down like jordan bone didn't show up i mean four for ten ten points whatever that's pedestrian numbers i mean he might as well have been antonio barton out there as far as i was concerned yeah
1: where was he i mean
0: jordan bowden could have hit that three to go up four
1: he did jordan bowden kept us in the game in the first half though
0: he did. He, he, had did six, but, he had 16
1: points, but he missed so many free throws.
0: He missed so many free throws. In the second half, I mean, rewatching, it didn't matter because we ended up coming back. But when we first started making a push, he has that awful, awful turnover where he just turns around and hands it to the Purdue player. That one was pretty shitty. And I'm not going to single him out because his numbers ended up looking good. But like I said, he just he couldn't make the big play when we needed him to. He obviously didn't get any big stops when we needed him to. And then your boy, Lamonte. Um, I hate to say I told you so, but he, he cost us the fucking season.
1: Yeah, that was a bad foul.
0: It's a bad foul, and really the moment, I mean, I've said this a couple different ways through the podcast on, on Thursday night and the radio show on Friday, but the, the moment I lost all hope was when Lamonte missed the front end of the 1-1, one one, down five. Yeah,
1: it was over then.
0: That was the last moment I had any hope, and it was over when he missed the front end of the 1-1. One
1: Like, looking back on it, we should have just known when we were up 73-70 to and Admiral missed the second free throw and Klein came down and just drilled a three to tie it, that there was just, I mean, but then again, you know, I mean, we're up two with two seconds left. I thought it was five seconds. I don't know how it wasn't five seconds.
0: I don't think it was five seconds. It
1: felt like he had the ball for about eight
0: I've seen the videos where he has the ball. He gets the ball of two seconds on the video, and he passes it at the six second mark. And I rewatching it, I I counted. Obviously, that was something I went to look for, and it wasn't egregiously five seconds. Okay. It was, if anything, Seth, it was like when the play clock goes to zero, and then there's that half a second where they, yeah. you know, the three tenths of a second where they snap it before the refs can call it, type of thing. It was close enough to where you don't call that. And apparently you can't even review whether or not somebody's hills are out of bounds. Like, I don't know if his hills are out of bounds. I couldn't but- tell.
1: People seemed convinced. To me, I, you couldn't tell from the pictures I saw whether or not he was out of bounds. Like, I thought the foul was worse than than him being out of bounds because I couldn't tell.
0: And apparently you can't even review that because they didn't do it in the Duke-Virginia Tech game last night because I thought Virginia Tech got away with one uh, when they were trying to win that game with like 10 seconds left. So, apparently it's not even reviewable in college basketball, so... The foul, I thought, like, the way I summed up the foul, Seth, um, is that if it was our shooter, I would have been really, really mad had we not gotten that call. So, um, I mean, do you call it? I don't know. It sucked, obviously. I would have been pissed if our shooter was in that situation and he missed a three where someone lunges into him. And the the leg kick looked to be something he did all game. So it wasn't like he was kicking out trying to draw contact. I think that's just kind of how he shoots. Obviously, it fucking sucks. But that's why I feel so let down because, I mean, I feel like the only possession we didn't score the last, like, eight minutes of that game was when Bowden missed that three, up one. I feel like, I really feel like that was the only possession we didn't score the entire, like, last seven minutes of the game. And I, I can't verify that, but that's how it felt. What sucks so
1: bad is that we did check all these boxes, but... At the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. There's things that are just totally unaccountable, like this dude playing the best game of his entire life.
0: Well, I was terrified all year that we didn't have a perimeter defender that could get us a stop. You know, I said that after the Memphis game. I said it after the Alabama game. We screamed it after, you know, Javante Smart came in and cooked us. Like, we just didn't have that perimeter defender. And everyone wanted to say we did, and that, you know, Admiral could do it, Bowden could do it, Turner could do it. Turns out no one could do it.
1: The one that really set me over the edge was when, like, he took Grant Williams one-on-one and stepped back.
0: I mean, it was perfect defense by Grant.
1: I mean, that dude's never hit a shot like that in his life, and he will not tonight, and he will never again.
0: I mean, he, unless any Virginia fans have tried to dig up racist tweets from the past. I think Virginia's going to wax them. I do, too. And that's what's going to make it worse, is I think Virginia's going to beat them by 15 points tonight. And that's just going to make this hurt a lot worse. That was low, man. That's as low as I felt in a long time.
1: Yeah. That was pretty bad. It was somehow worse than Sister Jean last year. And I was devastated when that dude hit that buzzer shot last year. I haven't been upset over a football game in a really long time like
0: forever really
1: I mean I wasn't even upset when we lost the overtime game to Texas A&M in College Station
0: I was pretty upset that game because I was there and I you know I was there too
1: yeah I mean I was there too like but I was just like whatever I mean like we should have gone for two it was a fantastic game there's just no reason for Tennessee like I also just have higher hopes for Tennessee basketball and Tennessee football in general because it's a better job, it's easier to win basketball games and football games. And, yeah, I mean, I guess now we just hope that Grant Williams comes back.
0: Tell me why I should have any hope that this is going to get better than this season. Like, I mean, this feels like this is the best season we're going to have.
1: And, like, well, I mean, I think, oh, regular season is probably not going to get any better.
0: I mean, I th- tell me why the tournament's going to get any oh, better. Oh, I don't have any hope for that either. So tell me why I should have hope that this that, that Thursday was not the end of the our best chance to actually accomplish something big for the next four or five years. Tell me why. Tell me why I should be optimistic.
1: I don't know why you should be.
0: I didn't say otherwise. Well, I mean, I know you didn't. I was just hoping you would have some answers.
1: No, I mean, the fear is that the, it's the same thing as always. It's like Rick Barnes in the tournament. I mean, it's it's always going to be like that. It's a thing. But it's one hundred percent a thing. I mean, they shot they shot four of fourteen from the free throw line in the first half or whatever. It's always a thing. Like, it's always something when it comes to the tournament. Like,
0: now you can say that it's yeah the player shot four of fourteen from the free throw line. Like, what's Rick Barnes supposed to do about that?
1: I didn't particularly care for that answer when he said it. What did he say? They asked him about the. They asked him about it, and he said, "Well, it's really not up to me. It's up to them. They're the ones missing their free throws."
0: I didn't see that. I mean, it's true, I guess. I mean, I, I think that the team takes on the nervous energy of their coach, though. Like he looks, he looks petrified. He looks like I imagine you look during tense moments, just kind of pacing, except like in the face. Like, um, I picture you as a big pacer, and he just kind of sits there with that panic look on his face. Yeah. I had a problem with the the Lamonte answer. There's no reason to try to go and be stand-up guy, not going to blame the officials guy after that heartbreaking loss. Like, you don't have to throw Lamonte under the bus.
1: Oh, he said it was a foul.
0: I think in that situation, you just say, yeah, we got to watch the film. It's a tough call. Like I, because I haven't seen the video. I'm not gonna comment on it. It's a tough call. We coach against. If you even want to say we coach against jumping at players, like whatever, that's fine. But you didn't need to come out and say, "Oh yeah, definitely a foul." And obviously, Lamonte was upset about it too, as he tweeted about it yesterday.
1: Yeah, I know. Like Lamonte, it, when it happened, Lamonte was telling the referees, "Like I told you this all game. He kicks his legs out. I've been telling y'all this the whole time. He kicks his leg out. Like that's like my issue with the my issue with the foul is that like I think." I don't think it was a bad call because I think it could have gone either way. And I think that if it was UT shooting that, it would have been a livid had it not been called. My issue with it is that it didn't have any effect on the shot. Like it had
0: zero effect on the outcome of the shot. Am I wrong? The ball's released. No, the ball was gone. Um, I will say that I don't think he, like Lamonte is saying he kicked his foot out. I don't think he hit him in the foot. I think he hip checked
1: him. He can Well, he kicked his leg out. I mean,
0: I know, but I I thought he hit him more like in the hip. Like I don't think he just barely nicked his feet or his legs from kicking out. He 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 crowded him. I mean, again, did it affect the shot? No, but I don't I don't think it was just uh, well he kicked his leg out and I ran to his leg and it was way too far out. That should be an offensive foul. Like he kind of jumped into his hip. Like it was belly button to belly button type of thing. Yeah, I mean at least he missed. I mean, it, I mean. I can't believe he made
1: the next two after he missed the first one.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, is it nitpicking to say, hey, maybe call a timeout before the last one? Give him time to think about it? Try to ice the free throw shooter? I don't know. Because obviously in college basketball, it's basically impossible to get the ball advanced in a second, you know, 1.7 seconds in a timeout. And obviously our plan was really fucking stupid of we'll make two passes to get it across half court. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean could could you have said, hey, maybe ice the shooter there?
1: Yeah, what I hated was the was like the reasoning why we didn't get more time
0: added. What was it?
1: They were like we we can't hear. Like they were like we couldn't hear, we can only go by what the referee did, so we can't overturn it, even though you could clearly see on the replay that there should have been like
0: point eight point nine seconds left. Like I like it wasn't a dumb idea. No, uh, I mean, it's just you're putting too much faith in the refs and the scorekeeper. Exactly.
1: You're putting way too much faith in awful referees.
0: If it's a video game where the clock stops right when you hit select, that's a different story than when the ref throws up his hand. And, you know, you hope that the scorekeepers start the clock a little late. They actually, it seems like they started it just a hair early. They
1: started, yeah, they started it early. That was another thing Grant said. And they didn't change that either.
0: The the idea may be not bad, but you're just putting too much faith in humans. And it feels like Rick Barnes did that all year in terms of his, uh, you know, the way he had treated officials. Oh, they're human. Well, let's just put faith in them. Like he, he acted like they couldn't be swayed. And, you know, obviously it killed us in the LSU game, as you have Will Wade working like a madman to get foul calls. And. It seems like uh, Rick always sided with the officials, so they didn't feel bad for fucking him. So you don't have any reason to tell me it's going to be better?
1: No, I mean, I think that if Grant and Bone come back next year, then the team's probably more talented. But the thing is, is that when it comes to March, the team is going to be petrified. Bowden, Bone, and Turner are going to be petrified in the NCAA tournament next year.
0: Where the hell is Bone going to go? Well, I mean, I just, people, people talk about it. I don't know. I don't, Europe, like, that, I, don't that's know,
1: what they I, don't, I don't know anything about the NBA.
0: I'm not yelling at you. Don't yell at me. I'm just asking. Like, I mean, everyone's worried about Bone. Is he going to go to Europe and play? Like, he's not going to the NBA.
1: I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. People talk about it.
0: I know, but I don't think people... I don't think Bone's going to the NBA. I would be absolutely um, stunned if he said, I'm, I'm going pro early. He doesn't
1: look big enough to me.
0: No, he's not. And he doesn't make up for it otherwise. Like, he's he's quick, sure, but in his mid range jump, right? In his mid range jumper's good, but he's already 21. He's doesn't do anything else great on the floor other than be quick. Like, if he was a lockdown defender, I'd say, okay, go for it, buddy. But he's not, I don't feel like he's a lockdown defender by any stretch.
1: I feel like he's average on defense.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, average to bad. Like, when's the last time you thought Jordan Bone was guarding somebody on the perimeter and you said, oh, yeah, he's getting this stop? I mean, it's, it's always Lamante guarding that guy, right? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know where the hell Jordan Bone's going unless he just wants to uh, have a career in Europe. Which, by all means, like go do it if you want to make a couple hundred grand playing basketball overseas, go for it. But he's he's not an NBA player.
1: I, I don't I don't know how we feel about Grant coming back.
0: Uh, I mean, the last two mock drafts I looked at yesterday that had been released in the you know the last couple of days had him going 17th and 19th. And if he's going 17th or 19th, you go pro.
1: He's gone. So he's gone. I figure he's gone as long as he gets a first round grade, right?
0: Maybe Grant's different. That's what everyone keeps hoping, right? That he's just a big nerd who loves education, who wants to get his master's degree, who loves Josiah James, all that. But man, like I'm I'm not coming back if I'm him. Um, if I'm getting a an early non lottery selection. So like right there in those late teens, early 20s, you'll go to a good team, you'll go to a French playoff team where you'll be in a good system while also having a chance for playing time. Like, you know, he got he got mocked to someone like the Pacers or the Spurs, like both those teams would be perfect for him. Pretty much any team that's good could use him as a seventh or eighth man. Like he could go, now the money's not going to be great, it's not going to be like three and a half, four million dollars for two years, but... I mean, if you make $4 million, you can go back and get your master's degree pretty easily. You know what I mean? But maybe maybe the NBA is not something he dreamed about. Maybe maybe he thought the best he would ever do is be the college basketball player of the year. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe growing up, maybe he didn't even think that. Maybe he thought he could just be a conference player of the year. Like, uh, this NBA stuff is probably new to him. I would imagine as he was getting recruited by Ivy League schools that he wasn't counting down the days till he got a first-round draft grade.
1: I mean, if he comes back, then I think they're probably more talented next year than they are this year. Because what we – I mean, like, you know this. You watch the NBA. Like, you add a five-star freshman McDonald's All-American to a team that didn't have any and returns the conference player of the year, like – I mean, I'm assuming Josiah James is an NBA player. He's a top 15 player in the nation.
0: I mean, for not not this upcoming draft, obviously, but next he's projected to be like a top 15 pick.
1: Okay, so we're adding a lottery pick to the team. Yeah. Well, that's what we've always been missing, right? I mean, that's what we were missing this year. It's like you said, like at the end of the day, like Tennessee was good, but it came down to sheer talent. Tennessee was always lacking in that. Like the, the NBA guy.
0: My thing there would be that is he going to solve our de- perimeter defense problem? Cause I don't feel like these five stars come in wanting to be locked down defenders. You know what I mean? Like Zion, Zion is the only one who seems like he wants to come in and just wreck your world on defense, but that's built around, you know, block shots and, and, and all that. Like, I, like
1: Ashton Hagens does, but he's not a one and done. Sure. He was just a five star. Sure. I mean, and, but that's his only uh, skill. Like he can't that's score. That's his only skill.
0: Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, when I think of when I think of Josiah, he's supposed to come in and uh, get buckets. Yeah, I think of an extremely skilled offensive player. Yeah, I'm not thinking of a guy who's going to be guarding guys. Maybe he will be. Maybe he can come in and maybe he's special. Maybe he solves the defensive problems. I don't know anything about Josiah
1: James besides he's a McDonald's All American. He's like six six, and we got him over Michigan State and Duke. That's all I know about him. Oh, he's from Charlotte, I guess.
0: Yeah, he's. I feel like you got the, you know, the the cliff notes. I mean, I feel like you got everything you need to know.
1: I remember being really upset we didn't get Trey Mann and it didn't matter because we got the better player like a month later. I don't know. I'm just saying on a pure talent level, if you add a guy like we haven't had since Tobias Harris and you keep Grant Williams, then. But it, it does. it doesn't matter because at the end of the day,
0: we're all going to be terrified. When the NCAA tournament starts, why the hell is Grant Williams starting overtime on the bench,
1: John? I can't answer that. I don't know. I thought it was crazy too.
0: Why the hell is he? Why? Why the hell is he so smart, but not smart enough to realize that he can't pick up his guy thirty feet from the basket and try to press him?
1: Well, see, that that's always been my issue with him is that for somebody that is so brilliant. He is so stupid when it comes to fouls.
0: I mean, it's a little bit of Josh Dobbs, right? Where Josh Dobbs was a genius, but he made some really dumb football plays. Like, Grant
1: Williams makes some really stupid fouls. Always has. I mean, think of all the big games he's fouled out of. I mean, he always has. He, he always fouled out until the end of this year.
0: And it's, it's crazy because he's so good at the verticality, right? Like, just jumping straight up and, and, and guarding the rim that way. You would think he would never foul out of a game, but yet he he takes those fouls and then has them in a ticky-tack manner for no reason.
1: I don't know. I mean, what does there say? Like, there's nothing to say. Let's just get to the questions. All
0: right, before we get to... Oh, oh God, I started my laundry. What am I doing? Turn off. Before we get to the questions, shout out. Got four new patrons. Let's give them some shout outs. Uh, Shout out to new patron Ryan Shannon.
1: Thank you, Ryan. Love you.
0: Brock Logan Buck. Thank you, Brock. Love you. Please say his whole name, Brock Logan Buck. Thank you, Brock Logan Buck. Love you. Sawyer Trey Smith. Thank you, Sawyer. Love you. Reed Davis. Thank you, Reed. Love you. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com/slash Reed's Ranch. Uh, the Discord has been pretty sad uh, the last couple days, but let's just go. I didn't put a call out for questions on Twitter. I didn't bother with that. I just went straight.
1: We need to keep this in the family.
0: Yeah, we just went and kept it straight for the uh, the patrons on the Discord. Uh, Davey asks, now what?
1: Um, I don't know, man. I guess I'm gonna watch. Some baseball. Ugh. Try not to think about Tennessee football.
0: I'm putting all my energy into the NBA stretch run. Like, we got seven, eight games left, and then the playoffs. That's where I'm at right now. The Masters in a couple weeks, I'll pay attention to that. Um, I've really enjoyed watching the Hawks. They've given me a lot of joy lately. Trey Young looks really good. That's been fun.
1: Yeah, I've been real thankful for that. I have been, buddy, because it makes you happy.
0: The NFL draft. When's that? At the end of April, so it's coming up soon. Yuck! Not paying attention to the Kentucky Auburn game at all. Let's just go ahead. Let's let's give our breakdown of that game. Uh, here we go. This is a post game analysis. Okay, so we're just we're not focusing on what's going to happen. We're focusing on what did happen. Uh, version one. Kentucky blows out Auburn. Auburn's without their best, without one of their best players, and Okiki, maybe their best player. Uh, Kentucky's beaten them twice already this year. PJ Washington's a little bit healthier; he's playing. Uh, Kentucky advances to the Final Four by knocking off Auburn. Seth, your reaction?
1: I want you to go get my thirty-eight special in my nightstand, put it in my mouth, and pull the trigger.
0: All right, Sunday night, uh, Auburn and Bruce Pearl shot Kentucky and shoot their way to his first ever Final Four. Uh, Seth, your reaction?
1: I'm going to go wrap my car around a tree. That's worse, though, right? Like Pearl winning is worse. I want Kentucky to win.
0: Yeah, no, I'm rooting for Kentucky, too. Go, Kentucky. BBN.
1: I love Big Blue Nation, we love our Wildcats. Go Kentucky.
0: Ashley Judd deserves this. Yes, she does. Matt Jones isn't is that bad.
1: No, we, lo- we love
0: Matt Jones. I can't wait to go eat at the KS Bar and Grill. <laughs> C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. <laughs> Whatever dumb Stoops brother they have is not that dumb. I love Kroger's. That's where I do my grocery shopping is at Krogers I
1: forgot I forgot they named their football field after that.
0: with, with good reason, because because the, the, they have the great the, the best deals, you get fuel points if you use your Kroger points. Papa John made the right decision, leaving Louisville to become a Kentucky fan. <laughs> How funny was that? I haven't seen him show back up since that game.
1: I haven't either, but man, that was hysterical. That was hysterical to see him decked out in royal blue like that.
0: No, we are. We are rooting for Kentucky.
1: Yeah, 100 percent.
0: So in Ways to Die, in your scenario, wrapping your car ride tree is worse than just the bullet to the head, in your opinion?
1: Yeah. More chance for suffering in a car wreck.
0: That's true. You could get trapped. I
1: could get trapped and I could just watch the gasoline trickle out before it catches a flame and I fry to death. Whereas a high velocity round into my brain is pretty instant.
0: Yeah, there's a chance that while you're stuck in your car, you could you know think about Ryan Klein hitting three after three after three, <laughs> after three after three after three after three
1: after three
0: after three. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, here's Grant Williams. He's gonna lock him down. Grant Williams is a great defender. Nope, there's a three.
1: And he did lock him down. That's what sucked the most. Oh, man.
0: Boomer asks, what else needs to happen for us to not care about Tennessee athletics? Or maybe not care as much as we do.
1: I mean, I think that, like... I don't think I can ever not care. Like,
0: I mean, I think we're currently at the place though where we care less, though. I mean, like, oh,
1: I one hundred percent don't care near as much. Like this, this the past two basketball seasons are kind of an outlier. Like the last couple of football seasons, I haven't cared much at all.
0: Well, I think that's the problem is we're always going to care if we're good, and that it's always going to make us very vulnerable to when we lose.
1: But like, I'll always like. I mean, I'll watch every football game still. I mean.
0: But if Grant if Grant does go pro and Bone decides to leave for some reason and Lamonte transfers or whatever, like if the team's good next year but not great, we'll still care, but it won't be it won't be the same the same degree.
1: No, why would Lamonte transfer?
0: Well, I don't mean, I, I don't know. Somebody was talk, talking about I mean, just him being mad at Barnes. Like I don't think Lamonte is going anywhere. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I, I don't either. But I'm just saying, like if if the team's not as good as they were this year.
1: I mean, I grew up, I remember vividly listening to Jerry Green coached basketball teams on the radio with my dad. I'm going to care about Tennessee basketball until the day I die. Well, I mean, yes, this year was different in the the level of our care, but we're always going to care. We're going to be furious if we have some shitty coach, you know. Like, to me, basketball is the thing that, like, Tennessee can really excel at between basketball and football. Like, I think it's really just asking too much for Tennessee football to do what we want it to do when you have to play Alabama, Florida, and Georgia every year, and they're all three top ten. And you don't have a natural recruiting base. If Tennessee had a lot of in-state talent, then it would be different, but they don't. It would be a quick rebuild, but basketball is not like that. Damn, your doorbell is loud.
0: I don't even think it's a doorbell. I think it's just a notification that uh, someone's going outside. We got a new home security system.
1: It's fancy. Can't hide money.
0: (laughs) I mean, we're just scared that someone's going to break in and kill us. Get a shotgun. Yeah, I mean, but what if you're asleep, Seth? I'm a very
1: light sleeper. I'm with I sleep with one eye open, John. I'm
0: I'm a heavy sleeper.
1: I live with one eye open and the shotgun in the crook of my arm.
0: That seems dangerous. What if it accidentally discharges?
1: I got the safety turned on.
0: (laughs) Tech Vol asked, would Seth rather make it to the Final Four or see The Handmaid's Tale become reality?
1: Final Four. I would give anything to see that banner being raised up in Thompson Bowling Arena.
0: Oh God, move on. Move now on. I'm sad again. Vol Maniac says, uh, "Is Tennessee athletics cursed? I don't know if it's cursed. You think I think cursed? we just have a lot of
1: ineptitude. I think we're
0: just losers. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're just destined to come up just short." Blue Moon Ball asked, uh, "How does Kentucky continue to get so lucky in the tournament while we get everyone's best shot year after year?" I think, I think Kentucky has supreme confidence because they are a winning program and John Calipari has a lot of success and Rick Barnes doesn't. That's what it feels like to me.
1: I think John Calipari is a master, master of psychiatry when it comes to like basketball. Like I think he is brilliant at getting into his players and convincing them that they can go out there and beat the 96 Bulls. I don't think anybody's even remotely close to him in terms of that. Now, like, have you
0: always he, felt like this? Have you, uh, have, I feel like you've made, I feel like you've uh, given me a hard time for being a Calipari fan.
1: I've come around on him. Like, I think that it's a travesty he doesn't have more titles there. Sure.
0: And yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean.
1: Like, I think that, like, I think like last year, I mean, that's pitiful. To lose to Kansas State when you had Shea Gillers, Alexander and Kevin Knox and P.J. Washington, like, that, like that's a joke. Like, I, I don't think, like, I mean, the one time he won it, he had the best college basketball player that I have probably ever seen. So I think, like, that's an issue. Like, I've come around on him. He's gotten a whole lot more likable over the years. I think in terms of, like, convincing his guys that they can beat the guys on the other team, there's nobody better. Like, the, the, the mental job he does on his players every year is unrivaled. Because they're probably going to go to the Final Four and their first game of the year they got beat by 35 or whatever against Duke. Like, he totally breaks them down up until Christmas and then January they're decent and then February they they become unstoppable. Every year it's like this and every year it's annoying. But I don't think anybody's better at manipulating his players' minds than he is. And I think you make your own breaks like Kentucky makes their own breaks in March.
0: I think there's some blue I, I do think there's a little bit of blue blood bias. Like I think the ratings when you see that four million more people are watching Duke games than any other games, like you're gonna be conditioned to to give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to calls. I think the same for Kentucky when they are, you know, at these neutral site games with seventy-five percent of the crowd. But I also think that John Calpari instills confidence, whereas Rick Barnes looks terrified on the sideline. That's why I think they take everyone's best shot and usually come out on the right side of it. Whereas that's why I think when we have to make a big play, uh, we don't always make it. Dances with Pac-Man writes in, a BS call on Prince to lose the Elite Eight game to Michigan State. Uh, Stokes charge call. Lamontes after the shot brick foul call. He asked if it's the curse of Fulmer. We just said we don't know if there's curses, but, but it just seems like we are losers. I, even, I forgot all about the Prince call. I did, too. With, like, what, one second left, two seconds left?
1: Yeah, I remember throwing up in my trash can that night, though.
0: I vividly remember the Stokes charge call, obviously. That was brutal. That was like, I was Man.
1: devastated.
0: That was a terrible foul call. Well, that's good to know that, you know, whenever the season comes to a crushing can, it's usually because of the officials. Yeah, you gotta love it. He also asked how we feel about Barnes defending the refs after that one. How it is okay? Cal Beheim, himself and Williams have handled it. At some point, you have to take the fifty thousand dollar fine and suspension uh, to make sure that your team isn't the one that constantly gets cheat. Uh, you know, st- um, you know, basically the bad whistle. Uh, yeah, we we kind of touched on that earlier. Uh, don't disagree with you at all. Uh, Reese wants us to know that we both he both uh, I can't even speak. Reese wants us to know that he loves us and hope we can find a different hobby for the next few months. Do you have any ideas on new hobbies?
1: No. I'm going to read a lot, probably.
0: Yeah, I'm excited Game of Thrones is back. I think me and Cody McClure are going to do a Game of Thrones podcast on the Reese Rants channel.
1: Love Big Cody.
0: So I'm looking forward to that. I've worked out... I've worked out contract details with him, so, uh... (laughs) Is he getting a cut in my money? No, 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 no. Your your money's good. Your money's good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. No. I'm kidding. Your, your money's good.
1: What's mine is Cody's.
0: G-Man says, At what point would you switch to lab-grown meat for food if the timeline is something like, First released, deemed safe by FDA, taste is very close to real meat, taste is indistinguishable from real meat, has been around for a few years, confident that it's uh, very safe, real meat starts to become stim- stigmatized by society, Real meat is outlawed. Very curious of the uh, perspective of the ranch. For me, he feels compelled to switch at very close or indistinguishable marks.
1: Um, When it's been around for a few years is when I would make the switch. But it would be very hard not to go out to the deer stand in, in the field and shoot a buck and skin it right there and just eat it. That would suck. I'd miss doing that. I would. I would eat. I would eat. I would miss eating what I kill, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just skinning, just skinning that deer, just skinning Bambi right there in the forest. And I'll miss that, but you know,
0: I might sound like a real dumbass here. Okay. So no surprise. Sometimes I sound like a dumbass. Uh, so don't laugh at me too much. Uh, tr- do that thing you do or usually try to make me feel good about being a dumbass. <laughs> You're really good at you know massaging my ego, and I love well, you. Well, I love you. Um, is this a thing? Are they starting to grow meat like this?
1: I think it will be really soon. Yeah. Okay. Like the stigma, this like it's definitely becoming stigmatized now. Like eating meat at all for
0: what reason? Just like the the cruelty, the cruelty of it. Okay, so it's not like the. I mean, I saw your girl Cortez talking about cow farts and like you know basically, rooting the. Uh, I don't
1: know about all that. Like, my thing with, my thing with, like... It's like the factory farming. Like, just the cruelty of the entire meat industry. It's not about... Like, it's really not about, like, having, like... A hunting rifle and going and killing an animal or whatever. It's, like, about the mass industrialized farming that goes on is the issue. Like, it's not... It's not like your mom-and-pop butcher shop, basically.
0: My honest answer is that I would not stop eating real meat until it's outlawed. I respect that. And then even at that point, I might uh, go on the the black market for some. Be an outlaw, baby. Do, Do a little prohibition style. Start delivering people cattle quietly to have them slaughtered. Be a bootlegger for meat.
1: You were always my outlaw, John.
0: A meat legger. Hey, you want some meat legs?
1: You gotta keep you gotta keep the dynasty going. You gotta keep the family dynasty going.
0: Yeah, that, that's my honest answer is I don't think I would do it. At least like I, I would try it, I guess, but he asked me at what point would I switch? I wouldn't switch until real meat is outlawed. Like I don't give a shit about the stigmatized or the, or, or the stigma, excuse me, from society. I don't give a shit about that. Unless it was a lot cheaper, I guess, but I don't know how it would be. Would it be cheaper if it was grown in a lab?
1: I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. I mean, it's not like ground beef is exactly expensive right now.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, if it's really, like, tastes like filet mignon for $5, yeah, maybe if it's the taste is indistinguishable, maybe at that point it, everyone makes the switch, but.
1: I cannot stress this enough. The taste has to be indistinguishable. It absolutely, 100%, it cannot taste close to it. It has to be absolutely indistinguishable. If, and only if that were to happen, and it's been around for a couple of years, would I start eating it.
0: I feel like a career journalist who probably still subscribes to newspapers to try to keep the industry alive. Yeah. I would keep eating real meat until the uh, the bitter end.
1: All right, well, don't ever compare yourself to a journalist again.
0: Out of respect for uh, my family. I would just keep getting that newspaper and... Keep eating those cattle.
1: Journalists aren't real people.
0: You got anything you want to say on the way out?
1: No, I had fun with all y'all this year. It was a joy to watch us win.
0: I don't know I don't know why everyone keeps saying goodbye. Where, where the hell are you going? No, we're closing. The,
1: the book's not finished, but we're closing a chapter, John. Okay, the chapter's over, and it's time to move on to the next chapter.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to start breaking down the NBA playoffs with you every week. But I'm still going to be here with you. We're used to this. I don't know why everyone's acting like it's so sad to, like, uh, say goodbye to the season. We're used to this shit. That was another
1: thing. That was another thing. I saw, like, people were just, like, acting like we'd never lost. Like, this sucked, okay? I'm still torn up about it. But, my God, guys. My God, it's been like this. It's been like this since the 2001
0: SEC Championship game against LSU. Now, maybe maybe we haven't had players we've loved like Admiral in a while, but, I mean. We
1: have had almost 18 straight years of of pure heartbreak at some point you just kind of have to laugh about ryan klein hitting a million threes against you
0: do you think he went on twitter and looked for levi's account
1: i have no idea i hope so
0: (laughs) you know you've made me i kind of
1: hope levi does feel bad now
0: i don't want levi to feel bad because he is a brother of mine i don't want him to feel bad
1: I do because it's funny.
0: I mean I love Levi. But I would have died had Ryan Klein tweeted at him just a kissy face. That would have been in
1: tears. <laughs> it would
0: have been uh, I would have been the meme of me like smiling and laughing as I'm crying behind the mask. Like I would have been <laughs> devastated by it, but it would have been really funny. I, I at love first. that
1: picture. Whenever you I know. tweet that picture, i die. It's so good. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that picture so much. It's just... Oh, that would have been great.
0: Poor Leva. Uh poor Leva. All right, Seth, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Later, buddy. Love you too. See ya.